Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Client Show, where our goal is to help you build client relationships at Delight. My name is Ben Butler, and I'm joined here in studio, empty-handed, but need to brew some coffee, by my co-host, Andrew Dimsky. Andrew, how's it going? It's going good, Ben. Ben, when we first started working together, you had a doinky little Mr. Coffee coffee maker in the office. Do you want to share with folks just the how rich your life has become since we got rid of that thing? Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> whenever Andrew moved into the office, uh, it, was, it was the greatest day of my life because he was moving into the office, but he also introduced me to a new way of brewing coffee. I had, Like you said, I had the old-fashioned drip Mr. Coffee, and I had some vacuum-sealed, way-too-old, not-fresh coffee that I was brewing. And i never forget the first time I brewed coffee for you, Andrew – you had this look on your face like <laughs> you you have no idea what's about to hit you. So he introduced me to the Chemex brewing style. So Andrew, do you want to enlighten everyone as yeah. far as Chemex brewing style goes? Yeah, Chemex has been around for a long time. It's just a classic way to brew a really good cup of hand-brewed coffee. So if you're a coffee drinker out there and you've never really thought about how the coffee gets brewed, just encourage you to check it out. There's some awesome videos online on how to do it well. Uh, maybe we could throw something in the show notes here, Ben, about Chemex. Yeah. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's just brewing coffee by hand helps you control each aspect of the process and it helps you really craft an experience. Um, and it takes a little bit of extra time, but the end result is so much better. And that translates so perfectly, Ben, to inbound agencies and the value that we bring to our clients because I think it takes a little bit more time. It takes a little bit more money, but Partnering with an agency that gets it helps create a much smoother client relationship, just like a cup of Chemex coffee is so much smoother and so much more enjoyable than a cup of normally brewed coffee. Yeah, oh, that was such such a good analogy for what we do and what this show is all about. Happy clients don't come from stagnant, easy, simple, overly simple in a sense uh, processes. They come they come from well thought out, handcrafted, genuine and authentic processes and communications that you think very intentionally about. When you think back to the Chemex, it is a very lengthy process to go through it from start to finish. You grind the beans, and these beans are locally roasted, they're fresh, and then you have to hand brew it using a specific ritualistic method, as I like to call it. But you know what? The end result is so much better. And when it comes to reporting, which is today's topic, the more time and the more thought that you put into it, the happier clients are going to be and the better the chances are that you are going to retain your clients. I love it. Ben, I think there's a difference between reports and reporting. And I think this one I have this as this is going to cross all the reasons we share here, but reports are just like a PDF or a slide deck or something that sits there with data on it. Reporting is your job as an agency of translating those reports into meaning and helping the client understand what that stuff means. So with that in mind, Ben, let's dive into reason number one. Why are reports so freaking important? Andrew, I couldn't have said that any better if I tried and stayed up for weeks trying to figure out a way to sum it up. You're so right. There are reports and there are reporting, and you need to report because with bad reporting, amazing results can look like crappy results. The most successful, and you've heard Andrew and I talk about this several episodes, 
the most successful campaign that we ever ran in our entire lives to this day. The client thought it was complete, pardon my French, shit because of the way we reported it. How you present information is important and how you give context is vital to consistently demonstrating the value of your services. So if you're not coming in there and you're just throwing reports down there and you don't do any reporting to bring that information and those metrics to life, the client is going to take it however they want. You need to be in there and you need to be giving amazing results, amazing reporting, because otherwise it's going to look like bad. Yeah, if you don't control their expectations early in the process and then show them what's happening and connect that to what you've been doing, you're really just kind of leaving them out there to create their own assumptions. And that's a dangerous place to be as an agency. We always want to be showing them what's happening, how it lines up with the strategy, what we're doing to adjust to it, whether it's good or if it's bad, be honest about those things. Uh, and don't let them kind of create their own assumptions. We want to show them what's happening. And reason number two why we want to do reporting is that everything we do is linked to results. Yeah, and this I'm sure anyone listening to this who's experienced client relationships in the past, you've always come back to this, like, what what have I seen from this? And this is especially true if you've done a poor job, like I have many, many times of communicating with the president. So you're just sitting there at the end of the end of the contract. He's got the contract printed out on his desk. And he's saying, well, what did we pay for? What did we get for this? Because we didn't do a good job of reporting in that situation, you've got this, this kind of awkward conversation of trying to show him, you know, these numbers, these reports, and what does that mean and, and why we are worth our money. You know, that's, if you don't do a good job of reporting, they're already going to link you to results. And so are you reporting on the right things? Are you showing them the right metrics? Um, that is really, really important here. And it's, always connecting it back to the return on investment, return for that person. So the marketing POC that you work with on a weekly basis, they're going to have one ROI in their mind. And, you know, these reports make you look good to the president because of A, B, and C. You don't, you don't have to tell them that, but that's what they're worried about. They want to look smart. They want to look like they're doing their job. The president, the CEO, they want to know that, you know, we're getting leads driven to the sales team, that the sales team is able to close those leads, that we're driving revenue across the company. So we're always linked to results. And then the different people you manage, the different conversations that you have inside of the company, they're going to have you know different things that they're measuring by. So that's reason number two. Ben, dive into reason number three here. Why is this so important? And I think this is a, an amazing thing that, that you do is that reason number three, reporting is another opportunity to teach you have to connect what you're doing back to the root of everything. Yeah, totally agree. It's uh, if you think of like the buyer's journey, like we're trying to we're trying to educate through our marketing and sales process why inbound is so valuable. Well, the the teaching doesn't stop there. Every meeting that you have with a client is another opportunity to teach and just share with them how this affects the inbound methodology. Uh, and one example of how we messed this up was with one of our first clients. They were a heavy steel manufacturer. They kind of understood online marketing. They had done some before working with us, but we were kind of pioneering a new, a new campaign into this space. And they got the idea, uh, that they needed to blog, but they never really understood. And I did a poor job of walking through the reports and teaching them here. And so I always go back to this as the example of why this is so important because we failed in this, but they never really got blogging. They never really got the idea 
of communicating through a blog. They got the keyword idea down. They wanted to target keywords. They want to target lots of keywords, but they never really understood that there's, there's actually a human on the other side of this reading this blog and how we can connect that to a greater strategy of targeting personas, telling a good story through our content offers, not just using a catalog as a content offer, but actually creating a good, a good resource that adds value to that persona and then creating blogs that continue to teach, continue to educate and might not have anything to do with our products or our services, but they are focusing the value on the prospect. Telling that story through the reports and through conversion rates of blog posts that did that well versus blog posts that did not do well was a missed opportunity. And really every meeting that you have with a client where you're telling them activity on a weekly basis, that's an opportunity to teach them why you're doing those things. If you're meeting with them to go over metrics, it's an opportunity to show them why these different metrics matter. So we're going to dive now into some actionable takeaways that you can apply when it comes to reporting for your clients. So Ben, do you want to kick us off with number one? Yeah, number one, establish reporting frequency expectations up front. Let me dive into that a minute. You need to set the pace for reporting, uh, whether that's weekly or monthly or whatever you decide. You need to put that in your contracts so that it's written down. Uh, you need to put it on calendars and you need to communicate with clients when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. But more important than actually determining these things is sticking to it. There's absolutely no better way to build trust than by consistently fulfilling reporting schedules for your clients. If your clients have to ask you for a report when it's due, you're starting to instantly lose their trust and lose credibility as an agency. Totally agree with that. If it's, it's got to be in your process. So like in do inbound, if you're using do inbound to manage your processes, to manage the recurring work you're doing for a client, great. It's a deliverable template in there of just setting up the client meeting and running it at a certain period, whether it's weekly or monthly. And we really encourage having weekly meetings to just dive into activity, dive into who's doing what, managing the task list, keeping a client updated on the deliverables that got published this week, focusing your monthly meetings on more the results that you're seeing, you know, how many, how many visits, leads, sales are we getting into and just sh- and diving into those kinds of numbers. And then quarterly, zooming back out a little bit and just trying to track it back to the business growth numbers that they shared at the beginning. Uh, identifying how we're doing on those bigger things, perhaps diving into our conversion rates as well so that we know what is our visit to lead ratio, stuff like that, our, our lead to customer ratio. Um, I'm just breaking down different meetings to share different types of reports. And like you said, Ben, it's no good at all if you set that expectation up front, but you don't follow through on it. So make sure you've got a system in place, whether it's do inbound or something else. Uh, Google Calendar is a great way uh, to just to set reminders for these meetings and make sure that they happen and make sure you come prepared with the right report and that you take that opportunity to teach. And I think at a, at a bare minimum, it's, just like you were saying earlier, here are the three kinds of reports that you want to set as expectations. Weekly reporting meetings for little reports on activity. Uh, this is something we talk about time and time again, and there's so many advantages to setting weekly meetings. I mean, obviously, you're building rapport and communication and a relationship with your client. Uh, it helps you to tackle some conflicts as they're young and not you know, big relationship crippling 
conflicts, you can talk about those then. But also to report the little things on activity. Your clients want to feel like you are working for them. So by having this weekly meeting, you can say, hey, this past week, here, here's the groundwork we laid for this. Here's an activity we did over here. Here's what we did over there. Here's something else over here. And you're starting to report little things on the activity you're doing. The second bare minimum reporting style and type you should have is a monthly report. And this should be more results focused. What you did in the past month should have a result or an end goal associated with it. So what was that result and how can you communicate it to the client? And then lastly, number three, quarterly reporting meetings that tie back to the ROI. If you don't have these three in place, I can almost guarantee you that your client is going to ask for one, if not two or three of these at some point. And the moment they have to ask is the moment that you start losing credibility. Method number two for good reporting is to consolidate all of your reporting into one easily accessible place. Andrew, do you want to talk a little bit more about our philosophy behind this? Yeah, we just want to create one area where folks can access the reports and you create a lot of context there if you can spread them across the engagement as well. So instead of keeping them in just a bunch of emails, instead of um, having them in scattered places, we love to use one Google slide deck and share that with the client so that each week we just create a new slide and on that slide we have the meeting agenda and we can create new slides to share reports that, that have metrics in them that we want to talk through. And then we can use that as kind of a teaching tool and just walking through the, walking through the report and then what it means and how it's affecting them. And then we can use that same deck for our weekly meetings, our monthly meetings, our quarterly meetings. And then at the end, at the end of the day, we've got one nice tidy deck with all of our meetings condensed in one spot. It's really, really been a great asset. The client can access it whenever they want. They feel like they're in the loop because they're not missing anything. It's all in one spot. And I think there's an element of uh, transparency uh, and openness uh, associated with that where you're, you're not kind of keeping everything hidden in your office computer, as I like to say. Uh, you're putting it out there. You're putting it in places where people can see it. And I think that adds a lot of value to your reports. If you, know, you write a novel, for instance, that never sees the light of day, then that novel is no good because it's not out there. The same goes with your reporting. If you write a report and it just sits there, no one sees it, no one does anything with it, no one knows it exists, and no one has access to it, you might as well have not wasted your time. So the value in reporting is transparency and accessibility. Method number three, keep your reports simple and to the point. Andrew, can you tell us a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, there's... You know, there's nothing more frustrating for a client than to feel like they're getting overwhelmed with marketing speak. You always want to be clear and concise when it comes to reporting and translate it depending on who you're talking to. So if you're working with the CMO at an organization and they understand what different terms mean, then it's okay to get technical and talk about, you know, inbound marketing terms like conversion rates or landing pages or those kinds of things. It depends on who you're talking to. Uh, but if you're talking to a CEO, focus on using reports, using conversation that makes sense to them. Um, you know, keep things minimal and to the point. Again, it's a lot easier to teach off of that when you just have a simple, 
uh, a, uh, a simple report you're running off of or a simple metric that you're talking about, uh, instead of overwhelming them with too much data, I'd say keep it simple wherever you can. And that is always going to help uh, communicate the, the takeaway that you're trying to share with them. Yeah. And minimalism, it really, it works. And if you're doing all of these other reporting methods that we mentioned up above, you know, you're having a weekly report, a monthly report, uh, and a quarterly report system in place, minimalism isn't going to make you look like you're not doing anything. If you're one of those agencies where your structure is, we're going to have one meeting once a year, then obviously you're going to overload your reports to show them what you've done because you want to look, you want to make it look like you have, you know, fulfilled their requests and got, gave them their money's worth. But if you're consistently doing it bit by bit, breaking it down into, into chunks that you can attack, there's going to be an easier opportunity to keep things simple. So again, there's a tremendous value in uh, having your methods set up as far as how you're going to report and when you're going to report. And there's also a tremendous value in that because you can keep it simple because you've already communicated a lot of things that don't need to be associated and don't necessarily need to have to go to the president. I agree with that and focus on the metrics that matter through this conversation and depending on the meeting, depending on what you're trying to share in that time, don't overwhelm. You know, if it's, if we want to talk about how many leads we've generated, talk about that. If we want to talk about, um, you know, our visit to lead conversion rate, dive into that, share why that's important and what that means and what you can gain from improving it. You know, why do we want to see this visit to lead conversion rate improve? Why do we want to see the lead to customer rate can improve? What are some actionable things that we can do to increase that? You know, are we attracting a poor quality of lead? Is that the feedback we get from the sales team? Or is sales just being lazy and letting leads fall through the cracks because they don't have a good basho sequence in place to follow up with leads once they come in the door? Focus on the metrics that matter and keep it simple. Don't try to overwhelm with complexity. And that ties us into number four here, Ben, which is tying your reports back to ROI. And this is a conversation that a lot of agencies have where they, you know, the client always wants to know what's the ROI of things. And so instead of just kind of holding that for your contract renewal, mix that into your meetings as you go. Always be pointing back to the why and show people why these metrics matter. If you can do that, you are subliminally addressing this ROI question at every touch point and you're educating them on the why and pointing all the tactics back to why you're doing it. That under undercuts that ROI question at the end of the day and it's showing them all along the way that the strategy that we bring to the table, the framework that we provide always connects back to the bottom line business goal because that's what we've centered our entire strategy around. It's either growing revenue or it's attracting a new type of customer, whatever it may be. Uh, we want to we want to tie that ROI back into each type of communication that we have, and we've got one one tool that we've developed. Ben, do you want to share a little bit about the inbound revenue calculator and that and how that helps folks really tie things back to ROI? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And just to talk briefly about ROI one more moment, I think you nailed it perfectly. ROI as a conversation piece is not one you're going to win in one conversation. So if you're saving the ROI question or conversation for that, you know, contract renewal meeting, you are not absolutely not going to win that battle. It is a battle that has to be won bit by bit in every single interaction that you have. You have to stay at the front of it and you have to 
predict when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And you have to, again, interlace that with everything you do so that at the end of the day, when the contract renewal comes up, they already understand either subliminally or very consciously the ROI of what you're doing. And that's going to win the battle. Uh, One way that we do that along the way is the inbound revenue calculator. By plugging in metrics and live metrics at that, we literally generate a dollar amount for every lead that we bring into the system. And what we do is we take the lead count, we'll take certain conversion rates, and we'll take their sales team's conversion rate too. So that's another great opportunity to show your ROI and to say, hey, you need to, on your sales side, you might have to tweak a couple things here, and that's something else that we can help with. But a lot of times, whenever you're looking at the renewal stage or the ROI, you're seeing the full picture. You might be bringing leads in the door, but if the sales team is not holding up its weight, the inbound revenue calculator is a great way to to show the needs and to better address the needs, but to also show things in a dollar amount, which is what clients want to see. Love it. Uh, we'll include a link to the inbound revenue calculator in the show notes here. So if you want to learn more about that, you can check that out there. Uh, ben, any final thoughts you want folks to take away on why reporting is so important? If you can't demonstrate what you're doing, what it means, and where the future is going through reporting, I can almost guarantee that you're going to start losing clients and you're not going to be able to secure the clients that matter. You have to tell your story. You have to showcase your value. That's my takeaway. That's why reporting is so important. You can't leave anything to chance. You can't just assume that a client knows that what you're doing is helpful. Always show them what you're doing, why you did it, what the results were, and what you're going to do next. Tell that story all along the way. It it helps you be the consultant, helps you lay the framework, lay the journey forward. And when you can craft that kind of a relationship, you are going to be indispensable and you are going to be an agency that the company relies on to drive growth and to continue to bring innovation to the table. And you always have to remind them why you're there. And that's where reporting is so, so important. So thank you guys so much for listening today. And if you could do us a favor, Ben and I would love some of your feedback through a review on iTunes. You can just head over to iTunes, search Happy Client Show, leave us your thoughts there, let us know what you like, what you didn't like, what we could do better, and help spread the Happy Client vibes to the world.